Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. <clears throat> Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our state senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. will be with us as well. It is June the 27th, and on this day in 1950, President Harry S. Truman announced that he was ordering U.S. Air and Naval Forces to South Korea to aid the Democratic nation in repulsing <coughs> excuse me, please, an invasion by communist North Korea. The United States was undertaking the majority military operation, he explained, to enforce a United Nations resolution calling for an end to hostilities and to stem the spread of communism in Asia. In addition to ordering U.S. troops to uh, Korea, Truman also deployed the U.S. 7th Fleet to Formosa, Taiwan, to uh, guard against an invasion by communist China and order an acceleration of military aid to French forces fighting communist guerrillas in Vietnam. At the Yalta Conference towards the end of World War II, the United States, the USSR, and Great Britain agreed to divide Korea into two separate occupation zones. The country was split along the 38th parallel, with Soviet forces occupying the northern zone and Americans stationed in the south. In 1947, the United States and Great Britain called for free elections throughout Korea, but the Soviets refused to comply. In May 1948, the Korean Democratic People's Republic, a communist state, was proclaimed in North Korea. In August, the Democratic Republic of Korea was established in South Korea. By 1949, both the United States and USSR had withdrawn the majority of their troops from the Korean Peninsula. At dune on, uh, dawn, I should say, on June 25, 1950, Uh, 90,000 communist troops of the Northern Korean People's Army invaded South Korea across the 38th parallel, catching the uh, Republic of Korea's forces completely off guard and throwing them into a hasty southern retreat. On the afternoon of June the 25th, the U.N. Security Council met in an emergency session and approved the U.S. resolution calling for an immediate cessation of hostilities with the withdrawal of northern Korean forces to the 38th parallel. At the time, the USSR was boycotting the Security Council on the UN, refusing to admit the People's Republic of China, and so missed its chance to veto this and other critical UN resolutions, which of course they could, if they were there to vote. On June the 27th, President Truman announced to the nation and to the world that America would intervene in the Korean conflict in order to prevent the conquest of an independent nation by communism. Truman was suggesting that the USSR was behind the northern Korean invasion, and in fact the Soviets had given tacit approval in the invasion, which was carried out with Soviet-made tanks and weapons. Despite the fear that the U.S. intervention in Korea might lead to an open warfare between the United States and Russia after years of Cold War, Truman's decision was met with overwhelming approval from Congress and the United States public. Truman did not ask for a declaration of war, but Congress voted to extend the draft and authorized Truman to call up reservists. On June the 28th, the Security Council met again, and in the continued absence of the Soviet Union, passed a resolution approving the uh, use of force against North Korea. On June the 30th, 
Truman agreed to send U.S. ground forces to Korea, and on the 7th of July, the Security Council recommended that all U.N. forces sent to Korea be put under U.S. command. <clears throat> the next day, General Douglas MacArthur was named commander of all U.S. forces in Korea, or U.N. forces, I should say. In the opening months of the war, the U.N. led U.N. forces rapidly advanced against the North Koreans, but Chinese Communist troops entered the fray in October, throwing the Allies into a hasty retreat. In April 1951, Truman relieved MacArthur of his command after he publicly threatened to bomb China in defiance of Truman's stated war policy. Truman feared that an escalation of fighting with China would draw the Soviet Union into the Korean War. Harry Truman had a, th- a thing on his desk said, basically, the buck stops here. Boy, that's just proof of it right there, isn't it? By May 1951, the communists were pushed back to the 38th parallel, and the battle lines remained in the vicinity for the remainder of the war. On October the tw- on July the 27th, 1953, after two years of negotiation, an armistice was signed, ending the war and re- reestablishing the 1945 division of Korea that still exists today. Approximately 150,000 troops from South Korea, the United States, and participating U.N. nations were killed in the Korean War, and as many as 1 million South Korean civilians perished. An estimated 800,000 communist soldiers were killed, and more than 200,000 North Korean civilians died. The original figure of the American troop loss, 54,246 killed, became controversial when the Pentagon acknowledged in 2000 that all U.S. troops killed around the world during that period of the Korean War were incorporated in that number. For example, if an American soldier was killed in an automobile accident anywhere in the world from June 1950 to 53, he was considered a casualty of the Korean War. If these deaths are subtracted from the 54,000 in Korean theater operations, the total U.S. dead in the Korean War was 36,516. Now you just take a look at Korea and the Korean Peninsula and see the difference between North and South Korea, especially when they show the illumination of lights in both North and South Korea, you can see the difference, the vibrant uh, society in South Korea versus the North Koreans. And they're still believing that communism, well, it's, I don't know if they believe in communism, what they believe in is power. And uh, that's, that's basically all they're, right now they're starving the people in North Korea. What a shame. It's a travesty. Well, Florida's obsessed with pickleball. Pickleball contains elements of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. It can be played one-on-one or in doubles. Players use non-string paddles that are somewhere in the size between a ping-pong paddle and a tennis racket to hit a plastic ball, which is larger than a tennis ball and has holes in it like a wiffle ball. We are, in fact, the third most pickleball-obsessed state in the United States, according to a study from game site Solterre Bliss, which looks at uh, Google Trends and search terms over a 12-month period. And based on search interest, only Massachusetts and Hawaii are more obsessed than we are with the 58-year-old sport that seems to have come out of nowhere in the last few years. The most uh, five most pickleball-obsessed cities in the United States, Miami, Orlando, Atlanta, Tampa, and Minneapolis. Three, of course, right here in uh, Florida. It's not surprising pickleball invented in 1965 have gradually increasing its popularity. Uh, in the last 10 years, has been the fastest-growing sport in the country for the last three years running. <clears throat> Now, here's an interesting twist to the story. United Health Group says more people were using the healthcare system. It's bad news for insurers. And no one exactly knew what was going on and what was up. 
Then yesterday, the sluice at UBS published a note with a clever hypothesis. Rising health care utilization rates could be fueled by pickleball injuries. UBS calculated that uh, Graham's surging popularity among seniors in particular will contribute $377 million in medical costs this year for procedures like hip replacements and knee surgeries. So uh, pickleball, it does require some movement, certainly nothing like racquetball or tennis, but uh, nevertheless, it's a move, it uh, requires quick action and uh, quick response, and it can lead to injuries. So it's costing the health insurance some money. Insurers some money. Pickleball, we're the third most popular uh, state in the nation for pickleball. I think the international uh, championships are played right here in Naples, if I'm not, not mistaken. Well, Joe Biden held a meeting last week with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Apple CEO uh, Tim Crook, CEO of uh, Google Sundar Pinchai and several Indian officials at the White House. During the meeting, a very confused Joe Biden blurted out that he sold a lot of state secrets. <laughs> Joe Biden, I was just thinking, the, anyway, I started off without you, and I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things we shared. It's not every day you hear the crooked politician fess up to their crimes. <laughs> and he, he did it in a public meeting. Unbelievable. Uh, I hope that can be used as evidence. Well, the Supreme Court is uh, set to hand down some key decisions this week on student debt relief, affirmative action, and the federal election laws as it enters the final week of its summer session with 10 cases pending. The court has given no indication it will break its norm of finishing decisions by the end of June, and the next batch is slated to be released Tuesday morning. Beyond the decisions, the court is also forming its docket for the next term. The justices Monday could announce whether they'll take up several high-profile cases, including guns, racial discrimination, and qualified immunity. Stay tuned. Well, Speaker Kevin McCarthy floated a possible impeachment inquiry into Attorney General Merrick Garland over alleged political bias and weaponization of the Department of Justice with uh, the push fueled by the IRS whistleblower's claim about tax crime investigations into Hunter Biden. We need to get to the facts, and, and uh, that includes reconciling these clear disparities. U.S. Attorney General uh, David Weiss, or Weiss, uh, must provide answers to the House Judiciary Committee, McCarthy said in a tweet on Sunday. If the whistleblower's alleged uh, allegations are true, uh, this will be a significant part of a larger impe impeachment inquiry into Merrick Garland's weaponization of the DOJ. My opinion, they should uh, impeach or start impeachment proceedings on the president, uh, Joe Biden, on Christopher Wray, head of the FBI, on Merrick Garland, the uh, attorney general, and on um, uh, the uh, uh, head of the Homeland Security, Mayorkas. And uh, you might say, was well, this retribution? Is this political? No, it's not. They broke the laws. They're, they're lying. They're uh, not doing their jobs. Uh, people should be held accountable for the work that they're supposed to do. <clears throat> well, Republican uh, presidential candidate Chris Christie earned boos from a crowd at a Faith and Freedom Coalition uh, Road to Majority Conference on Friday after criticizing former President Donald Trump. Uh, he's a former New Jersey governor and has thrown his hat into the ring for the presidential nomination and has generated headlines for his unrestrained criticism of the uh, racist frontrunner. 
Why I'm running for president of the United States? I'm running because Trump let us down. He's let us down because he's unwilling. He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, he said. The remark earned considerable boos from the crowd. You can boo all you want, said the former governor. Christie currently enjoys a 2.3% support from his bid, according to Real Clear Politics. Now, my theory is that he has he understands he's not going to become the candidate for president of the Democrat Party. I think he's simply got some money behind him to try and dis, uh, disparage Trump and his name. And that's why he's out there and in the field. It's not working, as you can see. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he was booed at the conference. Unbelievable. Former President Trump's lead in the 2024 Republican presidential primary continues to grow despite two potentially damaging incidents in recent months, according to a poll released Sunday. 51% of likely GOP voters say they would vote for Trump if the primary were held today, while Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he's a good guy, but he came in second at 22. That's a big uh, difference. Uh the NBC poll comes after Trump was indicted earlier this month on 37 counts. I think what this all demonstrates is that people like Trump, but second of all, they know that this is all a political attack. This is, as they say, lawfare, and uh, Trump will prevail. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's 
vibrant, it's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board, and they get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to uh, put together a winning strategy in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Boo Mortensen right now. We have with us Kathleen Pasadoma, our state senate president. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I saw the uh, governor had several bills come across his desk uh, yesterday, vetoed a couple. I just want to get your thoughts. Well, he, um, you know, in keeping with his philosophy, uh, there were a couple of um, uh, justice bills that he's uh, seriously considering because they... Uh, you know, his philosophy is tough on crime, so I understand where he'd be coming from there. I, I don't know um, where they, what, they, what they're at. He did, he, he did um, uh, uh, sign a very interesting bill. It was a medical marijuana bill that allowed for uh, telehealth renewal of prescriptions for medical marijuana. But attached to that bill was um, the approval of uh, a license to to you know for the uh, medical marijuana to the uh, black farmers which we had committed many years ago when we passed that the bill on medical marijuana and uh, so that was that was well received by our colleagues across the aisle but the governor did not have spite or whatever they say about him he vote he uh, did not veto that bill and you know i was very proud of him for that well he's he's demonstrated a tremendous wisdom i think and judgment in terms of uh how he's taken his position on and the way he's leading i think he's just done a great job uh i think he's got a, a very bright future i agree yeah I agree. so uh, what's i know that uh, your your job is 24 7 kind of <laughs> in terms <laughs> yeah, of your role as president uh, of the senate but uh right what's what's uh, what is your focus right now well, you know, once we, we finish up these, uh, you know, getting these bills across the finish line, um, I st- already started my, uh, my priority for, 20, for the 2024 session, which, you know, as you know, we did Live Local, the affordable housing bill. Uh, we are now going to do Live Healthy, which is going to be um, a health care initiative. And uh, it's not what you would think. We're not going to expand Medicaid or anything like that. What, what we really need to do is, uh, you know, realizing that uh, in the free state of Florida, with all these people moving here, many of them are older uh, retirees, and they're going to need health care. And our issue, our problem is that we really don't have enough providers, whether it be uh, primary care physicians, nurses, um, facilities, um, hospital beds, uh, nursing home beds particularly for yeah. Our current population, how are we going to handle 
the the future influx. And so we're going to focus on some creative ways of providing health care, whether it be uh, technology, um, you know, uh, encouraging people from out of the state to move into our free state of Florida, things like that. Well, and I would imagine also be uh, t- you'll be taking a look at regulations that are impeding people that are qualified exactly. to provide service, uh, and yet they're not able to. For example, uh, nurses that I had a friend that uh, had trouble breathing, and it turns out he had a medication that was inhibiting his breathing. And a nurse had to go get a, uh, a doctor in order to, she knew what he needed, and he was in desperate shape. He needed to be on oxygen right away. And yet the nurse had to go get a doctor in order to approve it. It's uh, kind of crazy. Well, we are looking at the scope of practice issue. It's very, um, it's, a tr- it's a tough, complicated issue. Uh, it, you know, how far can uh, an individual who is licensed in one area go? Yeah. And, of course, there's, we call it lane changing. <laughs> Everybody wants to move out of their lane into somebody else's lane. But keep their lane. Right. You know? <laughs> That's that's how it works on everything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I want to move into your lane, but you can't move into mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's uh, you know it's almost comical, but but you know the reality is we have to start looking at uh, better ways to deliver health care. And you know we have some very creative people in the state who have some really good ideas. So we've been setting up meetings. I've got my staff this summer is is working on it, and you know every day there's another a meeting with another either association uh or you know people you know uh, uh, physicians um hospital ceo i mean it's just really uh, it's it's fascinating and and i think we're going to have some good results uh that's wonderful i mean one of the things that came out of the pandemic which uh not many good things came out of it, one of them was uh that uh, an increase in telemedicine and approval of mm-hmm. telemedicine so i mean the technology right now can it, improve our communications and delivery in so many different ways and yet we seem to be in the dark ages on that well you know that's a, a really good point and one that we we are looking at obviously uh, telemedicine is the future there's there's some um, hospital systems that actually have what they almost call hospital at home hmm. where they have patients that are at home being treated remotely with visits from professionals periodically they've got this whole system of um, monitors set up in their homes and you know at first I thought gee this must be really expensive but the reality is it ends up being uh, neutral or even more cost effective. Yeah. So, isn't uh, that you know, fascinating? Those are things. That, yeah, we have to look at all that. That is so interesting indeed. I yeah. mean, and, uh, and let's, let's face it, you don't have the degree of sepsis and other infections going on in, in your home that you might have in a hospital. So, the, there's that's, right. that's a couple of ways to win on that one. Before I let you go, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, the the uh, governor's put together a coalition of sheriffs across the, the country. I think there's 24 states participating. Uh, with the uh, sheriffs coming in to participate in, in controlling crime of illegal aliens. Uh, I want to get your thoughts maybe on that, but also on the whole notion of immigration here in Florida. Well, yeah, I, that's, a, that's actually such a good topic. Um, the, you know, the legislature passed a, uh, an immigration bill this session that has been, I would say, totally mischaracterized by the media and more particularly by uh, the sort of the liberal uh, associations and groups. Um, the governor's number one uh, priority is to make sure that uh, people do not come into this state illegally 
who are smuggling smugglers uh-huh. and drug uh, dealers and drug um, you know carriers, whatever right. you want to call it. And, and that's his number one priority because we have a huge problem in the state with that. Uh, secondly, uh, the the legislation that we passed does not uh, uh, require. Uh, uh, you know, uh, employers to just fire people or to do all this rigmarole. The legislation only applies prospectively. Uh, again, we, the governor does not want people to just come into the state illegally. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's and the thing is that's federal law now. It's just that they're not. It's not being enforced. It. Yeah. So you know, all the the, the hue and cry are just. Um, uh, you know, people who are trying to score points against, you know, our uh, Republican leadership and, and the governor in particular uh, for political purposes. And it's really tragic because I, you know, I hear from constituent businesses who are very concerned that their employers are afraid that they're going to get, you know, rounded up and sent to a concentration camp or something. And that is absolutely not what the bill does. It's we want to prevent, future, you know, future uh, immigration, particularly of human traffickers, smugglers, drug de- drug uh, people. Absolutely. Well, human smuggling is just such an attraction. I think there's two million children that are being exploited for uh, sex and for uh, work here in the United States, which is just atrocious. And it's all it really a, is. all a part and, of this. And, any, and anybody that uh, finds fault with you know the governor's philosophy is only. Uh, doing it for uh, political purposes, and that really is distressing to me. It is indeed. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state Senate president, so grateful for your your service here to our country and for you coming on the show and and visiting with us. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much, Kathleen. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen, former uh, radio personality in uh, Wisconsin. I'm thinking now I'm drawing a blank on the city. Madison, that's it. <laughs> and also just to, uh, has a unique view of what's going on. Uh, Boo Mortensen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you. You know, and it's a pleasure to be up in Wisconsin. And usually, you know, our air, the quality of air is pristine, maybe because we're so far up north, the yeah. lakes. I don't know. Now it is so, um, it looks like it's foggy, but I believe it's, Still, the residual from fires in Canada. Sure. Oh, that's going to be going on. I think all summer. Quite frankly, I mean, there's arson as well as the just just the natural occurrence of uh, of fires, and I, th- I think that could have a huge impact not only in Wisconsin but also on the East Coast. Oh yeah, I mean, it is really smoggy. It's um, at first I thought it was fog, and then I thought, oh my gosh, you go outside and it smells like smoke. Hmm. It's uh, unique. Anyway, you know, I'm always so uh, fascinated by what technology can do for us, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And, of course, now the hot topic is AI, artificial intelligence. And people are enthused about it, but just as many scientists and engineers are very, very, uh, very fearful yeah. of what AI can do. And on the plus side, they talk about really striking improvements in healthcare and what AI will be able to, uh, I guess, invent, look at, uh, help conceive wonder drugs, uh, do things that it'll speed the uh, research of uh, medicine exponentially. Uh, it will expose people, it will connect people in different ways, things and information around them. Yeah. And then they said it also has a lot to do with environmental sustainability, climate control, and pollution prevention. And so those are all really positive things. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the list of fearful downsides is almost longer yeah, and a whole bunch of AI specialists got together at some big uh, technology conference, and they said that AI poses the risk of extinction. Yeah, for humans. Yeah, that should be treated with the same urgency as a pandemic or nuclear war. Uh, that's that's a strong statement. It is indeed, Boo. I mean, I, I certainly see that. Uh, 
the uh, AI is going to deliver some very pot. It's kind of like dynamite. You can use it for good or for bad, and uh, it's going to be used for both going forward. And we need to get kind of our, our minds around how we're going to deal with it. One thing, for example, is you know AI can already simulate, for example, your voice. Yeah, oh, perfect, yes. And, uh, you know, so when you talk about Internet crime, a phone call coming in from your nephew, they can simulate that voice perfectly and say, hey, I'm stuck in Mexico, I need some money, can you send me, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be exploitation of seniors, all kinds of things. And that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Beyond that, I mean, you were talking about, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, medicine and how it can improve things, but it also it's going to take over a number of jobs. It can be used to, in political campaigns, uh, making stuff up. It's it's a, it's so powerful. We just don't truly understand its dimensions and what it can do. Exactly, they're talking about massive unemployment. Yeah, and the other thing that's scary is that AI will enable blanket surveillance of vast populations. Sort of what they're doing in China. And here. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, and here, but uh, maybe not to the degree. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, it's, it kind of starts with this whole notion of the pandemic and uh, making sure that people have some sort of a card or some sort of a identification mark showing they've been vaccinated. That's just the beginning. And, and in China, they're using it, for example, to whether you can get on an airplane, whether you uh, can right. get a certain type of job. It, uh, your compliance with the rules in China very much uh, determines what you can and can't do. And, it, you know, I think they're trying to work it that way, at least in the Democrat Party, uh, for us here in the United States. It's really scary about how it also can weaponize social media. Absolutely. So you can exponentially rack up the levels of stress, anxiety, depression, feelings of isolation, which social media is so good at doing right now. Think about when you get AI behind it. And as they say, it will weaponize social media. Well, you know, I, I read a column uh, that uh, health experts said Americans age 19 to 64 should get screened for anxiety if they, even if they don't have symptoms. In other words, they're saying that uh, there is an epidemic of anxiety in the United States. Uh, it could be all about social media, but right now people are not, <laughs> they're not as healthy as they used to be. People are dying earlier than, than they used to. Something's going on and we need to pay attention to it. Well, you know, and everybody is sitting more than they ever have been. They're sitting in front of screens. They're not getting out walking, biking. I don't think people are exercising like they used to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my cardiologist said, sitting is the new smoking. Hmm. So move it or lose it. <clears throat> that's... So that's, that's one explanation. But I, you know, I, I really agree in that, there's a low level, maybe in some cases a high level, of anxiety amongst people. It just seems like the we don't have trust in government. We don't have trust in the politicians that we um, voted on. Uh, it's it, it, everybody is so polarized. Yeah. And for, as an example, I was getting out of the uh, airport in Madison. You know, we're a small community, and it's a small airport. All of a sudden, this guy just, and the cops were there moving people on so you don't park, you know, you don't 
drive across a crosswalk when people are there. So, you know, cops are just trying to keep all the traffic moving. This guy just goes ballistic, gets out of the car, starts screaming at them. And I thought, what is wrong with you people? It's, it's, I, I don't know. I just get a sense that everybody is uneasy and, I think this artificial intelligence with how its ability to trick people, spread misinformation, can exacerbate all of that. I think that's absolutely true. Well, the old saying is, let go and let God. (laughs) So, you know, people need to get things in perspective. And many times, just, I one time, I uh, walked into an area to get on a plane. I was early. And the plane, they were just closing the door for the the, plane. uh, for the uh, last flight, and a guy came in said, "I'd like to get on the flight." He says, "You can't get on the flight." He threw his suitcase. All of the belongings came out of the suitcase. He oh. starts screaming, <laughs> "That's crazy!" Finally, a, a state policeman came up and tried to contain his behavior, and he couldn't. I mean, <laughs> I think the guy could still be in jail for what he was doing. Oh my heaven! I know, isn't that bizarre? It's so crazy. Well, Boo, this is such an interesting topic. I really appreciate you bringing it to our attention. I hope things, the smog clears in Madison, and I hope you have a great summer. Look forward to talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. You bet. You have a good day as well, Bob. Thank you so much, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Seton's, by the way, in Belize, which just kind of fans the flames of envy. <laughs> for me, a simpler life. But nevertheless, uh, Seton, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be in Belize and to join you. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. So tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government. Hence, Belize. Hence, Belize, exactly. So uh, you wrote a column, uh, which is really fascinating. 111-plus independent agencies, deadlocked bureaucracies are better. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I wrote a piece a couple weeks ago about the unconstitutionality of independent agencies. Right. Because, of course, Articles 1, 2, and 3 of the Constitution say there's executive, legislative, and judicial. Those are the three branches. That's it. That's the list. Right. And we've watched D.C. over decades create all these independent agencies, which are supposedly nebulous fourth branches of government, you know, the Federal Reserve and... Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and well, I I wrote about them, and I wrote that they were unconstitutional and uh, and all that. Well, yesterday I decided, okay, how many are there? Wikipedia had a list of 111 that, that 111 that required at least one member of it be Senate confirmed. Wow, 111 independent agencies that require at least one Senate confirmation, and often many more. There were one with 11 I saw, one with like 17. And all these things, these are regulators. Right. Idle regulator hands are the devil's playground. Right. You can imagine what this is doing to the economy. It's all they're doing all the time is looking for ways to screw around with us. Well, the one I looked at in particular was the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Some of them are set up to be partisan. Yeah. Like the F, the Federal Trade Commission, the Federal Communications Commission, are when fully populated, have five Senate confirmed commissioners, one of whom is, serves as chairman. So you know they, they they do all the chairman stuff, but they're also a voting commissioner. Well, like there's supposed to be three of the president's party, two of the others. It's supposed to be partisan. Well, the Federal Communications Commission has been tied two to two. For the entirety of the Biden presidency. And he nominated a crazy woman. You know, I know her. She's very nice. She's Policy-wise, she's insane. Her name is Gigi Sohn. Right. And he had to nominate her twice. She had, she was, normally, these go through one Senate hearing, and then they get confirmed. She went through three hearings. And Manchin, and, um, from, Manchin from West Virginia and Cinema from um, Arizona, uh, Arizona wouldn't vote for her. So finally, she withdrew her name from nomination. So meanwhile, I like you know I wanted to point out in this piece, the FCC has been rolling along two to two, doing all the things it's it's supposed to be doing. You know all the spectrum stuff and the internet stuff, and what they can't do with a with a tied FCC is all the hyper partisan stuff. Right. That leftists want the the FCC to do, uh, you know data caps, which is price fixing, uh, you know, price capping 
of, of data plans. You know, remember, every one of these agencies isn't supposed to do anything. They're the executive. There's, well, again, they're supposed to be the executive branch. They execute laws passed by Congress. The Federal Communications Commission can't impose net neutrality until the Congress passes a law that says, hey, FCC, impose net neutrality. Yep. But what they've been doing repeatedly during the Obama administration and now that what they want them to do under the uh, Biden administration is put the fifth commissioner in, get the three two partisan majority, and then jam it through at the at, at the FCC without con- without any law preceding it. And and I, I wrote a piece a couple weeks ago that said Anna Gomez is the, the new nominee, and every of course the media started selling her as the moderate alternative to to Gigi Song. You know they're trying to sell her as right. more moderate, but she's kind of got. They kind of did with her what they do with judges. You know, they nominate these people that have no track record. Yeah. And then and then they go before their their Senate hearing and they go, oh, I can't answer that because I might have that case. Before. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I can't pre- so they're hiding what, what they think behind that, you know, that fig leaf, that camouflage. Well, she doesn't have a record. So I wrote a piece that said, you know, some Senate, some Senate Republicans should ask her about things like data caps and, you know, net neutrality and all this. Well, she says she's for total reclassification of the Internet, you know, and imposition of net neutrality, which is, again, if you, if Congress needs to reclassify the Internet and make it – the classification she wants to go to is much more heavily regulated and then impose net neutrality. So I said, fine, she doesn't get confirmed either. Right. The FCC is doing fine at two-to-two deadlock. It's doing all the things it's supposed to be doing. It's doing none of the things – the left wants it to do, yeah. which is good because what the left wants it to do is illegal and unconstitutional. So deadlocked is best. Yeah, deadlock deadlock works quite well. Yeah, quickly, uh, Seton, if you would tell us what is the what? Why would uh, net neutrality be a plague on the nation? Well, it's a, it, there's a bunch of things wrong with it. Um, first of all, it you know what's wrong with the internet? It's not broken. Right. Obama p- imposed it five years ago. <clears throat> The Trump administration reversed it, you know, just removed it. And we were, we were told, you know, Ted Cruz just did a nice presentation in the Senate about, you know, five years ago we were told the Internet, as we know, it was over and you'd be getting words delivered one, one, you know, one at a time because the speed will be so slow. And then he read numbers and, like, the, the fixed speed has gone up, like, 300% in five years and the, and the, the hard line has gone up 200% or, you know some ridiculous amount of speed increase without net neutrality, which, of course, makes sense because less regulations means less money wasted on government, right. more money spent on investment. Um, so what it does is it tries to treat every bit on the Internet equally, which yeah. is stupid because I want the email from my grandmother treated differently than the email from the Nigerian prince. For example, right. I'd I'd like my internet provider to differentiate between those two things, um, you know. But you can't do that. It turns them into dumb tubes. There's no network management at all. And of course, what, one of the side benefits for for the cronyism aspect is it outlaws charging big tech companies for the bandwidth they use. Yes, and it's, it leads to. So, Seaton, I just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Uh, again, Seaton Molly, the president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org. 
so much more to talk about. I wish we had more time, but you know what? We'll visit with you this coming Thursday morning. Thank you so much right. for joining us, Seton. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also really well-informed about what's going on around the world. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I've been telling you about Lulabee's Diner for breakfast and lunch for a long time now. Well, I tell you, they're serving dinner now, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. Now, Lulabee's Diner's in the Green Tree Shopping Center. It is fantastic. It's informal, it's inexpensive, and the food is just absolutely terrific. So I hope you put it on your schedule. Wednesday to Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m., Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife, but also so well-informed about what's happening around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, and I just have to throw out um, about Lulabee's that the wedge salad there is the best. I mean, people need to go there because the food is... And, and by the way, it's more and more people are discovering it, yeah. thankfully. But... That wedge salad, I can't wait to go this week. I mean, yeah. it's become a weekly event for us, and and they provide, um, they have wine and beer, and your new favorite adult beverage is the IPA from our the current, or the the local Riptide Brewing Company, which um, has a little dolphin on the side of the yes. can, which is so yeah, cute, but you love it. But the wedge salad is to die for, and every entree that you've had there, yeah. grouper and salmon and whatever, it's, it's been excellent, right? Yeah, no, just to give our listeners an idea, I mean, <laughs> a grouper dinner, amazing, 23 bucks. 
<laughs> it's and it's so good. The chef, by the way, is a chef that's uh, been in a number of uh, places where he's really done a great job. And so I've forgotten now which ones that are. But and nevertheless, the Turtle Club, the Turtle Club, the Turtle Club right. right? He was a chef there as well. So in any event, uh, uh, while, while the world is going to hell, that go to Lulubies and have dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I was mentioning to our listeners earlier in the show that uh, I think. Uh, we should not because of retribution, not for political reasons, but for accountability. Uh, I believe uh, the president of the United States, uh, Mayorkas, who's the head of Homeland Security, uh, the Department of Justice uh, Attorney General uh, Garland, and uh, the head of the FBI, Ray Christopher Ray, should all be impeached. But that, you know what? They should all just resign. The impeachment <coughs> process has become such a joke because of what they did with with Trump and it's it's all it's all bought and paid for by the elites anyway about about who's in congress they should just be after what Biden did, said the other day at his at his little meeting with um, Prime end. Minister Modi, where he said, I've sold uh, state secrets I'm, are you kidding me? Can you believe if Trump had done that the police would have been all over him, and he would be in chains and in the federal prison now, and he actually said that he says, but by the way i've I've sold st- <laughs> <laughs> state secrets, important state secrets. You know what I, I told you off air, um, and the, the title of this segment for me would be "Playing Whack-a-Mole" by the mm-hmm. by the by the deep state and the administrative state because they can't they can't try and cover up all this stuff fast enough. No. They used that submarine incident. They they delayed that to cover up uh, Biden's thing. All this stuff is coming out on Hunter. All this stuff is coming out in Sequoia Capital, which is direct linked to the Chinese Communist Party with links to Kevin McCarthy and all these places. They can't cover it up fast enough, no matter how hard they try. Right. Because people have had it with, with uh, mainstream media, and they're going to to um, other sources to get their news, and, and it li- it's literally coming out like a fire hose. You know, I think it's it's very important that Tucker Carlson left Fox News. He, I guess he was pushed out, irrespective of why. Fired. Fired, and uh, he's he's now doing his show on Twitter. Tucker on Twitter. It's thirteen minutes, and he, he does episodes when he wants to. I Tuesdays guess. Tuesdays and Thursdays. It looks like it's being right now. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's going to be kind of the new news source right now. People are just fed up with cable news they're fed up with all the news outlets they're dishonest they don't provide good information tucker is a great source of information so i get a a huge charge out of fox news because now they're promoting their new evening blockbuster lineup which is like i'm sure i'm sure sean hannity had his had his hand in that because they show the pictures of it and they show jesse waters and tucker tucker's old spate laura ingram's at seven greg gutfeld's at 10 and and trace um whatever his name is is on at 11 but but people on social media are just going, what, are you crazy? Yeah. Um, you can never take the place of Tucker. And, oh, by the way, Fox News, you fired Tucker, we fired you. Right. So, so it's just done. And, and, and the hits that, that Tucker's getting on his show on, on Twitter are just phenomenal. And I mean, what, it's 30, the first million, ep- 30 million for the last one on Thursday. 30 million yeah. uh, from the last one? Uh, 80 million, I think, for the first one. Can you imagine now, Tucker, when he was doing his show uh, nightly, weekdays, uh, evenings, uh, he'd get 3.1 viewers. Well, now he's getting, are you kidding me? 30 million views uh, and, and no commercials. It's all great information. 13 minutes of Tucker. 13 minutes of Tucker. 30, yeah, 13 minutes of Tucker. Wow. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just phenomenal. And... You know what's what's really interesting is that um, Jesse Water, two people on Fox mm. now, Jesse Waters and Maria Bartiromo, Fox Business, 
they are they are tipping into the stuff that Tucker was yeah. into. So it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts because guess what? I've said this all along. Fox News can't have it both ways. You can't have you can't have this set of news over here and this set of news over here. You've either got to go for all or nothing. And they because guess what? They think the American people are stupid. Well, here, here's what's going on right now. They re- they have scrubbed Tucker Carlson's name from everything on their website, and, and uh, nobody can mention his name, nor the president of the United States, or uh, Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States. They can't mention his name either. Oh, well, don't even get me started on that. I mean, they they are just such, so hypocritical. They just need him for ratings because they're doing so terribly. And... They have all these other, um, what does Steve Bannon call them, the Keebler elves who are running for on, on the Republican ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them live, live interviews in studio town halls and whatever. And they, the only thing that they have the nerve to do, they're so scared, Brett Baer is so scared of, of having um, uh, Donald Trump at live TV. He has to have them in a room with an with a edit-friendly uh, taped interview, which is just like, you people are... You can't, you can't, I can't believe that they think we're that stupid not to see through that. Right. I even got an email from one of our our friends this morning saying, oh, well, Trump didn't do so well on, on, uh, uh, with Brett last week. And I said, what, what interview were you watching? Yeah. Trump, when, when Trump, um, when, when Brett Baer said, oh, our viewers, blah, 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 he's, and Trump says, you're not getting as many viewers as you used to, and he just plugged away at him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Well, and, and of course, uh, Trump's popularity just consent, continues to go up. I, I, I've said in the past, I truly mean it. I mean, I think his, uh, they're not only going to make sure that he becomes the president of the United States, and I'm talking about his critics and all the lawfare that's going on, they could actually have him canonized and made a uh, saint by the time. He, by next Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know it's so... It's so interesting and and again our friend that emailed me is a very wealthy guy and and the elite has gotten so used to being able to pick and choose their candidates they just put a bunch of money behind it and and push them into congress and get their way well the, the thanks to steve bannon and and the other news that's out there rob schmidt on on newsmax and um, Eric Bowling on Newsmax and, and uh, Chanel Rion on, on One American News, they're all putting out this this news that says, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You can't, and they're exposing these donors for who they are. Um, just like a perfect example is this billionaire who decided it was a good idea to put Chris Christie out there. Oh, my goodness, what a joke that's become. Uh, absolutely. Linda, we always have more to talk about than we've got time to I could to do go it. on for hours. I know, but I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate Andy's look at the United States, what's happening in terms of our culture Uh, because culture is downstream uh, from uh, politics. So in any event, I hope uh, you'll listen in. Uh, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a terrific day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.